0: Turn with me to James, the book of James, chapter 1. I will read from verse 19 all the way to verse 27. James chapter 1, I commence reading from verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of God does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in doing this. If anyone thinks is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their afflictions, the in the affliction and to keep oneself un, unstand from the world. We'll end our reading there. We continue in our study of the book of James and this afternoon we will be considering this portion from verse nineteen through to verse twenty one. The last time when I was preaching, we had considered verse 16 through to verse 18, and there we learned that true faith affirms God's sovereign goodness. True faith affirms God's sovereign goodness. This afternoon, we come to verse 19 through to verse 21, although this afternoon we will basically look at verse 19 and verse 20. In, in James chapter 1 and verse 18, if you recall, we saw that salvation is a matter of God implanting new life through his word of truth. It's God implanting new life through this word of truth. And we saw that when God does this work, there is evidence to show that a work of salvation has taken place. And one of those things we saw or we see is that there's a change of desires. Desires change. You begin to desire that which God loves, from being one who hates God to being one who loves God, from being one who is separated from God to being one who's reconciled to God. And this change... It comes or stems from inside of us. It's an inborn in the sense that this change grows out of the new heart that God implants by his power through the word. And in our text this afternoon, we see that James tells us that true faith is receptive to God's word. True faith is receptive to God's word. And when you study, you could clearly see that there is a connection between verse 16 through to verse 18 and what James begins to address in this portion of the scriptures. In verse 18, he did mention the word. When you read the last part of verse 18, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. And then in verse 21, again, he mentions truth there. He says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save you. Again, when you read verse 22 and 23 and 25, you see how James keeps on taking us back to this idea of the word. And so you now begin to see that when he now gets to verse 22 to 25, his emphasis is on doing, being doers of the word and not just hearers. And so in verse 19 through to verse 21, you, be, you see that James is talking about receiving the word implanted in our hearts. And what is, why he uses these words let everyone be quick to listen, uh, slow to speak, slow to anger, he still doesn't want us to lose the fact that this is connected to this whole aspect of being receptive to the word of God. Because it is by the word of God that we were brought forth. By the word of God, salvation came forth. And now he wants us to move from receiving the word, from it in being implanted, then there's the receiving of the word, and then later on he shows that there is the doing of that which is received. No doubt, being slow to speak, anger and all those things, they also apply to our personal relationship. But in our context here, the context has regard to how we respond to God's word, how we respond to God's word. His' verse saying, we should be quick to hear God's word, slow to speak out our opinions uh, about God's word. And you see chapter three, he opens up that idea of not all of us being able to teach. And then he shows also that we must be slow uh, to anger when it confronts our sin. So what James is really saying here, that if God has given you and I new life through his word, we must prepare our hearts to receive his word. If God has given us new life through his word, then we must prepare our hearts to receive his word. So we open up those verses and draw lessons. The first thing we see is that being receptive to God's word means you have a capacity to listen. You have a capacity to listen. Listen. Verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear. Let every person be quick to hear. And remember what I've said, the context. The context is... How our relationship with God's word. And yes, the lessons are applicable in other areas of life as well, as well in the wider application. But in this case, James is immediately saying that we must be quick to hear God's word. And he's saying so that because he wants us to see where we're coming from, that when one is going through trials, through temptations, one of the things they struggle with is to hear what God is saying through his word. It's because you are so consumed with your trial that anything that is being said from God's word, you are just brushing it away. Why? Because there is this issue right before you, this impasse before you called a trial or a temptation, and therefore the very word that's supposed to bring comfort to you, you are not listening to God's word. And so James instructs us that being receptive to God's word is having this capacity to listen to what the Bible is saying. And so he says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let everyone be quick to hear. To be quick to hear God's word implies an attitude of eagerness to take in the word of God from every angle of the scriptures or from every angle as it is being presented to us. And James begins with the words, know this. Other version who said, this you know. The NIV who said, take note of this. Now when you read the different uh, Greek testaments... You actually see that there's always a debate as to whether what John, rather, what James is telling us, is it in an indicative mood? Is it indicative, is stating a fact? Or is it an imperative, is giving us a command? So when you come across one or other commenter and they're saying it's an, it's an indicative, it's a statement of fact, you, don't be too surprised because the, 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 the Greek wording there can either be indicative or imperative. But when you look at it within the context of chapter 1, James is actually giving an imperative. He's giving us a command. He's actually saying, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let everyone be quick to Hear. Be quick to hear. Now, when you read verse 19 through to verse 21, and then you look at the part, the part of structure of verse 16 through to verse 18, you actually see the flow in the structure, or you actually see the similarities there. James in chapter 1 and verse 6, 16, rather, he said, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Again, giving an imperative. And he said do not be deceived. Again he uses words of endearments then he brings in a warning. Verse 19 again he says know this my beloved brothers. And then he gives the instruction there. And so when you look at both of these, these structures or these sections they end with instructing us to get back to God's word. In verse 18, we saw of of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. Verse 21. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save you. And so you you could clearly see that James' concern is that we get back to the scriptures, and as we get back to the scriptures, what is now instructing is that the only way you're going to be receptive to God's word is if you're able to hear it, if you're quick to hear God's God's word. And it's very interesting that James' opening exhortation to be quick to hear follows the same order or the same line as that of the Lord Jesus Christ, recorded in Luke chapter 8 and also in Matthew 13. Remember when the Lord Jesus Christ was talking about the parable of the sower? The way he ends is Jesus End, ends his parable or rather follows his parable by instructing us to be quick to listen. He said let him who has heard, hear what the word of God is saying. And it's also interesting that when we are reading Revelation chapter 13, it was also an exhortation to the fact that let him who has heard, hear the word of God what God is saying. And so what James is saying, that when you find yourself in the midst of trials, as you are going through trials, be quick to hear God's word. Be quick to listen and not slow to listen. Because in that moment, you are very vulnerable that when God speaks to you through his word or someone comes and is exhorting you from God's word, you fail to listen and therefore fail to know how to react or to respond to your temptation. And so James says that the first mark of the heart that, has, that is receptive to God's word that it will be quick to hear what God is saying. It will be quick to hear what God is saying. In John chapter, chapter 8, remember that account when the Lord Jesus Christ was talking with the D- Jews. Basically, when, had, when, when the Jews disputed Christ in John chapter 8, basically from verse 40 downwards, the Lord Jesus Christ said to them in, Chapter 8 and verse 47, that he who is of God, hears the word of God. For this reason, you do not hear them because you are not of God. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ was telling the Jews that the reason why you are unable to understand and comprehend what I'm saying is because your heart has not been transformed by the power of God. And therefore, when God's word comes, you will not hear what I'm saying. Now, obviously, the Jews heard the sound of the words that the Lord Jesus Christ spoke. They were not deaf. That's why they were disputing with him. But the Lord Jesus Christ was actually saying that you care, you, your failure to understand what I'm saying, your failure to comprehend the truth that I bring from my Father, it's because you are not born again. And therefore, you lack the ability to hear and understand these spiritual truths. It's the same thing that Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2. And verse 14, he says, a natural man, But a natural man does not accept the things of God, that are the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. And so when you connect all these, the injunction in the scriptures, let him hear as he is, hears is the word of God, it's a call to the, to the fact that those of us who claim to be Christians must have receptive hearts to God's word. And one way is that we are quick to listen to what God is saying. We are eager to listen to God's word. We have this Attitude of eagerness when it comes to the way we receive God's Word. And as a believer, you should desire to read God's Word. You should desire to listen to biblical preaching of the Word. You should desire to memorize the Word of God. You must have this desire to understand all that is being taught from the scriptures with a view to obedience. And so you need to evaluate your heart when it comes to your reception of God's word. Do you delight in it? What is your attitude when you hear the preached word of God? This what James is saying. Know this, my brothers. Let every person be quick to hear. To hear what? To hear the word of God. Spedron, in his book, Lectures to My Students, gives an example of how we ought to listen to the preaching of God's word. And he gives an As was giving this example to his students he spoke of uh, a Welsh preacher, uh, Roland Hill. And he, he picks a scenario from a conversation that Roland Hill had with his friends uh, to highlight how we must be quick to listen or what the attitude we must have when listening to God's word. And this is what he says. So he's, he's recording a conversation between Roland Hill and his longtime friend. So the old preacher Roland Hill, as an old man, was visiting with a longtime friend who said, "It is now 65 years since I first heard you preach. I still remember your text and the part of your sermon." Hugh asked, what part of the sermon do you remember? The friend, the friend answered, you say that some people when they, they went to hear a sermon were very disgusted about the delivery of the preacher. Then you said, supposing you went to hear the will, the will of one of your relatives read, And we're expecting a legacy from them. You would hardly think of criticizing the manner in which the lawyer read the will. But you would be all attention to hear whether anything was left to you. And if so, how much? And that is the way to hear the gospel. Let me read that again. Then you, then you said, supposing you went to hear the will of one of your relatives read and you're expecting a legacy from them, you would hardly think of criticizing the manner in which the lawyer read the will. But you would be all attention to hear whether anything was left to you and if so, how much. And that is the way to hear the gospel, end of God. Now Spudgeon's point was this, is that each time God's word is being proclaimed faithfully, your attention, your attitude must be that I'm expecting a legacy from my God. And I'll be attentive to hear what is it that God wants me to hear from this teaching, from this preaching. Yes, I may not be so impressed by the way the preacher delivers uh, the message. But one thing I know is that I'm expecting to hear God speak to me. And this is the way we must uh, listen to God's word. We must long to hear God speak to us through his word. That whenever his word is opened up, we must be able to say there is something that God wants me to hear and that something is for my good, for his glory, and it's for my own walk here on earth. Therefore, the command we receive is that let every person be quick to hear. Let every person be quick to hear. Showing us there that the receptive heart opens the ears to God's word of truth when it's being delivered, when it's being proclaimed. And that is a mark of true faith opening our ears to the preaching of the word. The secondly, we see that being receptive to God's word means you must have control over your tongue. You must control your tongue. You must control your tongue. Verse 19 and the second half. "Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to speak. A receptive heart to God's word controls the tongue. It is slow to speak. Now, again, don't forget the context. The context is in relation to God's word is that when we hear, we must not be quick to try and give an opinion of what we think about God's word. And what James is trying to show us when he says we must be slow to speak, the verb there to speak in the original means to pick out, to pick out. And hence when James uses in the context of the word, he's saying you are picking out words to use and you select as appropriate expression of your thought and of your line of thinking. And so he's giving us this picture of being orderly in our discourse around the word. He's giving us this idea of us not only picking what words to use, but also finding the right expressions to use in order to explain the truth of God's word as we see it in the scriptures. So it's not just encouraging us to to speak and say something about God's word simply because we feel we can say something about God's word. We must not be hasty. We must not be swift when it comes to speaking God's word. And so when, when the Lord Jesus, whether when James is telling us here that let everyone be quick to hear and slow to speak, he's basically saying that think before you say something especially when it has to do with God's word. That's why in chapter 3 now he addresses this issue of let not all of us be teachers because those who teach will be judged strictly. And James' concern here is that when someone is going through temptation, sometimes there's there's this tendency For those who who try to offer counsel to simply be quick to try and say something about their situation. And he's saying, be slow to speak. Process it first. Hear, then process, so that as you are now trying to say something, you bring out that which is appropriate. For the given situation or in the given case. And so he said, be slow to speak. Again, the context in James' exhortation is that first of all, it's around God's word. It's speaking as teachers of God's word, speaking of those who are standing on the authority of the Bible and then saying something there. And so the, the the primary idea here is that when the time comes for you to speak, or when the time comes to speak, be careful. Think through, and then utter words that will. Confirm what the scriptures say. James is not forbidding us from interacting with God's word, asking penitent pent- 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 questions in trying to gain understanding. No. James is not even saying that we must not even stand to teach at all. But rather, he is confronting the, the person who always wants to assume this role of trying to say something as representing what God is saying through his word without giving it much thought. Simply trying to say something because you are expected to try and say something. Rather, James is saying, when God is speaking, be slow. Be slow to speak. And when the time comes for you to speak, think through what you're going to say. Be careful. Choose what you're going to say and then say it correctly, authoritatively, instructingly for the owner of our God. The book of Proverbs, when you read Proverbs 17 and 28, we are told that even a fool, when he keeps silent, he is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. Even a fool, when he keeps silent, he is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. Someone long ago pointed out that we have two ears that we cannot close and one mouth that we can, and that must teach us something. Two ears that we cannot close and one mouth that we can close. Meaning as we are quick to listen, we must be slow to speak. And here, James is concerned that as we are addressing our fellow believers going through trials, sometimes it's good to be quick to listen. Just sit and listen. Don't assume that every given situation they expected you to say something. Sit, listen, and when the time comes for you to speak, Represent God correctly as you open up His Word. We live in a world when everyone wants to give an opinion over something, everyone wants to be the first to say something, and this culture. Can easily find its way in the church, or easily find its way in the church. That you always want to be the one to say something as if you are the one that understands the scriptures well. It's about time we return to this discipline of listening and being quick to listen, and then having this ability to control our tongues and speak when the time comes and speaking the right words and therefore representing our God correctly and accurately as he has revealed it to us in his word. And therefore what this means is that we must spend more time into the scriptures Studying the Scriptures, reading the Scriptures, soaking ourselves in the Scriptures so that when the time comes for us to speak, we'll say and speak that which befits sound doctrine and represents what God has revealed in His Word. It's one way to know that we are receptive to God's word is the ability or we will learn to control our tongue. We will not just be opening up our mouth, but we will do it when it is the right time. And we will do it very well. And the third thing we see, being receptive to God's word means you are composed emotionally. When it comes to your emotions, you are composed You are calm-mannered. You are slow to anger. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. That's a mark of a heart that is receptive to God's word. That's a mark of true faith. Is that the receptive heart is calm-mannered. Be slow. To anger. And again, the picture that James is giving us here is that when he uses the word anger, which in Greek is oge, it's basically giving us a picture of, of a swelling which eventually bursts. It's, it's this deep, this inner deep resentment That begins to boil and forms until it cannot be contained and simply just bursts out. And so, James is not forbidding, as you would see, you can see in verse 20, it's not forbidding all anger, but it's this deep seated inner feeling that needs to be controlled. Is that When you hear something correctly, and it's time for you to speak, you will be composed emotionally, even as you speak. Because you've you've heard, you've processed, and now you select the right words to use, and therefore showing that all your faculties, including that of anger, is well managed. And when you read the scriptures, the scriptures encourages us to learn to control our anger. Paul would say in Ephesians, yes, get upset, but don't don't sin as you get upset. In your anger, do not sin against God. And... What James is now saying that it's this faculty is more difficult when you're going through trials. And then either someone is saying something to you and you're not processing it correctly. As you begin to vent or to speak, it clearly shows that you, you are not calm-mannered. You are not calm-mannered. You are not composed emotionally. You are basically trying to vent your emotions and therefore showing us that there is something that is not right with your heart. Because when you read God's word or you receive God's word, you process it through what God says in his word. And when now it's time for you to speak, you say that which we will please God, but also that which will show that you are slow to anger. But again, as we apply it, is that when you hear the Bible, how do you respond when the Bible is taught and those truths of the scriptures come convicting you of some sin in your life? Are you composed emotionally? Or do you begin to coil within yourself and say to yourself, whatever is being said, I will not do? When the scriptures are taught faithfully, or when the scriptures are being preached faithfully, do you get in a defensive mood? Begin to say to yourself in your heart, I'm not going to do what I'm being told. Who does this person think he is to, to begin to tell me such things? Is, is, is that your attitude? And here James is saying, be slow to anger. Is that when God confronts you through his word, don't begin to be defensive with God. Rather, hear what he's saying and respond in a manner that will please him. Kent Eugene's, in his commentary on James, says, an, an angry spirit is never a listening, teachable spirit. An angry spirit is never a listening, teachable spirit. And this is why James in verse 20 says that, gives the reason that we should be slow to anger, because the, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. He's basically saying that when God is speaking, your, your defensive mood to God's word will not produce God's righteousness. Instead, it is God speaking to you so that you conform your life to what he wants you to conform your life to. William William Kelly writes, We are told also to be slow to speak, for we have another another nature which is self-confident and impulsive. And there do we need to be on our guard that knowing ourselves weak, ignorant, and naturally prone to evil, we may look up to God and wait dependently on him. As born of him, it is ours to be jealous that we may neither misrepresent him nor grieve him. We must not misrepresent him nor grieve him. And then he goes on to say and therefore we are warned of another danger which is slow to anger. And what really William Carey there uh, Carey is really saying there is the fact that because we are quick, we are slow to listen but quick to speak the opposite. We don't pause and ask ourselves the question, if I was to say this, will I I be misrepresenting God or will I be representing God correctly? And if I think I'll be misrepresenting God, pause, think, then speak. But also, because we are quick to speak, This is why we're quick to anger, because our tongues are ever-moving, ever-in-motion, and therefore we're busy rubbing people the wrong way because of the way we conduct ourselves, in as far as our talking is concerned. So while James is concerned about the way we relate, With one another, he's more concerned about our attitude towards the word of God. That we must be receptive to God's word. And this reception will be seen in how we are quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And the question that we must wrestle with is... How do we react or respond when we hear God's word being taught? Do we always become defensive? Or are are we slow to anger? Are we willing to sit and be taken through what the Bible is saying? Are we quick to listen and see what God is saying so that when we respond, It is for the good of ourselves and for the glory of our God. And so James shows us there that a life that is born of God, true faith, is receptive to God's word. It's quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. And therefore, we return to what I said at the beginning, even as we close. How receptive are we to God's word? Do we desire to hear God's word? Do we pray that when we gather where God's word is being taught, that God will speak to us, and that as God speaks to us, we will be quick to hear him speak to us? Do we desire that God speaks to us even in the midst of trials? Because it is in the midst of trials that we are more vulnerable to be slow to listening. Because when we are going through trials... We even know what the Bible says, but that's the last thing we want. We're somehow hoping there'll be some other advice that can be given apart from what the scriptures clearly say. And so James connects everything he's been saying to what he's been addressing. When he was talking about trials and writing to those believers who are in the dispensation, that when you are in trials, be quick to listen to God's word. Because trials bring about a sense of vulnerability. And that vulnerability will make you not want to hear what God is saying. And rather would want you to be quick to talk, quick to vent, quick to say what is in your heart. And therefore causing you to be defensive when the scriptures confront you over some sin in your life. Therefore, as we end, let's be receptive to God's word. That's my plea. Let's treasure the scriptures. Let's be receptive to God's word and let's pray that God speaks to us through his word so that when the time now comes for us to speak as in representing God, we will use words that will honor God and words that will not misrepresent our God. Let's pray together. Father, we do confess in solidarity that many are the times when we've not treasured your word, many are the times we've not desired to hear you correctly. Many other the times we've been slow to hear and quick to speak and quick to uh, to be angry. Lord, we ask that you forgive us of our sins and grant us hearts that would be receptive to your word and that as we are receptive to your word, We pray that you may speak to us through the scriptures and that the pages of scriptures may come alive in our hearing. Lord, help us to be a people, a people that hear you speak. We live in a world that is fast, a world that is highly opinionated, and everyone wanting to voice out their opinion on something, or on some matter, I and mean, we know only what your word says. Or that you may help us to be a people that give chance to one another and hear what the others are saying as they open up your word. But more importantly, we pray that you help us to be a people that will desire to hear you speak to us through your word. As we come to the end of our time, we pray that you go before us, dear God. And that you help us to reduce these things we've learned today into practice, that will be a people that will represent you wherever we are in a manner that is honoring to your holy name and in a manner that is in line with our profession with our professional faith. Hear this our cry for Jesus' sake. Amen.